0: Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. Join me as we explore spirituality, sexuality, wellness, and the magical world around us. Hello, beautiful beings. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. Today, I am beyond thrilled to be speaking with Buddhist teacher, spiritual mentor, your spiritual godmother, Moon De Simone. We are talking today about reconciliation, forgiveness, upcycling our pasts, living from a place of love, and what it means to be a modern Dakini. Now, Moon is someone I have followed on Instagram for years. I love her teachings. She is so real, so raw, so authentic online. She talks a lot about embracing all emotions. And in this conversation, she mentions, you know, sometimes we like to see some emotions as good and some as bad. Instead, Moon says we should think of them sort of as energy, just as emotions, and not label them good, bad, negative, positive, because all of them make us who we truly are. Now, this chat was actually recorded last month, and in it, you will hear Moon mention a course, a five-week modern Dakini course that opens in July. Well, that's actually already started. However, there is another one that will open August 15th, so if you feel called to join, again, I'll put the information in the show notes below. And finally, Finally, here's a little bit more about Moon. Moon de Simone is a spiritual teacher, mentor, and meditation guide. She's everyone's spiritual godmother known for her big sister's warmth and real talk style. Deeply rooted in Tibetan Buddhism, contemplative psychotherapy, Breathwork and Hatha Yoga, Moon's tangible and no BS methods remind us our stories matter, and we are innately compassionate badass people. She has studied and spent extended time in retreats in India, Nepal, and Indonesia with highly esteemed masters of our time, including His Holiness the Dalai Lama. Her practice club women group programs are renowned, transformational, and empowering. Moon has taught at Kripalu Center. Maha Rose, havas media, and has worked with Mind Body Green and Well and Good. You can find her on Instagram and on her website. So please join me in welcoming Mundy Simone to the Light Within podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me, my love. So the first question I always ask is what ignites your light within?
1: What ignites my light within is being truly free and expressed and, you know, embracing all parts of me and really embracing all that makes me moon is, you know, and liberating all of me and that this inner artist that I like to say that is within all of us. When I feel that I'm truly being guided by that place, which is just a place of ease and compassion and excitement and joy. That really is like what lights me up and helps me to connect deeper with others. And at the same time, what lights me up is supporting others to, you know, uncover that place of, of liberation and altruism and, and total self-expression within them as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a fun two-way street because I'm getting liberated and I'm helping others to do the same. And then it's like a, the super ignited aspect that's like, oh, everybody wins at the end and I just feel more connected to myself and others at the same time. Yeah,
0: I love that. So do me a favor and introduce yourself to those who maybe have never heard your teachings. I feel like I kind of am a bit too close to the subject. So I'd love for you to just explain, you know, who you are, how you got to be the, the beautiful light that you are today.
1: Mm, thank you. Well, my name is Munda Simone. I am a spiritual teacher, a meditation guide, and an artist. And uh, I know I, I've, I've come back to, you know, calling myself an artist a few, maybe a few months to a year back. And I realized, yes, I'm a spiritual teacher. And yes, I'm a meditation guide. And also amidst all of that, you know, self-expression and creating art out of life is truly one of the huge aspects of what, uh, you know, lights me up, like I was saying before. And the work that I do is, definitely revolved around, you know, using the intelligence of our minds to uncover the wisdom of our hearts. My foundation is in Tibetan Buddhism, so everything that I teach is a modern, fun, playful, and relatable take on Tibetan Buddhism, specifically the Mahayana tradition, and I've spent many years studying with some of the masters of our time, and I feel pretty honored, truly, and grateful that I get to share this, that I get to be this vessel to bring this revolutionary teachings to people. And in this last two years, I would say that my work has definitely revolved a lot around supporting women, specifically female identified, um, all female identified. And, and I think it really is because there's so much that support that we seek and that we need. And my teachings are definitely very embodied. And there's a lot that we uncovered from Being in our bodies truly and uncovering the wisdom that is here and connecting, you know, like I said, the intelligence of our minds and this wisdom that is in our hearts and in our bodies to live a life that is geared towards altruism of service and liberation and creating art and really allowing ourselves to be fully present with all of life, you know, all the ups and downs. There is a way for us to navigate with a little more equanimity and a little more inner poise and also have so much fun while doing that (laughs) because... I remember when I started my spiritual path, um, things just felt a little too serious. And now I think everyone was just like too serious. And I was like, oh, okay, let's be serious. And I was just like, stop drinking, stop using. And I was like, wearing white. And everything felt very serious and rigid. And I think in the beginning was necessary to go to the far extreme. And what I have found over the last, you know, seven and a half years that I've been truly devoted to this path and to studying and to serving is that there is an, There's no need to be serious with this path. And it's meant to really be more free and expressed. And you uncover what does spirituality and and embodiment and self-expression mean to you? And how are you exercising the qualities of your heart every day? Mm -hmm. Not so much how is someone out there or someone on Instagram doing. More so, how are you really leading from a place that's truly genuine to you? And it is playful and it is fun. And sometimes it is definitely messy. And I love the idea of embracing the messy. And messy it's not like contrasting something that is clean. Messy more so in the place of you're still discovering what that is. You're still uncovering what it looks like. So it is a little messy. It can be a little sticky at times. And, and um, it's actually quite fun when we, when we uh, you know, accept that it's always gonna be a little bit messy and a little bit like, wait, what's happening? And then there's a place to be like right for the adventure that is, you know, to be a spiritual being and to be a person that really wants to take the role of being an inspiration and being of service to others. And I and I recognize that me saying that and I've 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 received these questions before, people like, Well yeah, you're a service, you're being of service because you are a spiritual teacher. And I like to make the point that everyone has the potential to be of service. Everyone has the potential to be an inspiration. Not if you are a spiritual teacher or if you are whatever it is, you can be an inspiration by simply being fully yourself, by walking as a force of good, by seeing yourself in others, by wanting to be of service in the most simple way, like helping someone with directions or Mm -hmm. opening a door or just being kind, simply being kind in your presence can be an inspiration to others. So that is you being of service without even being, you know, knowing that you're doing it, but you walk into a room and your shoulders are rounded back and you have a sense of ease and confidence and you're comfortable in your home, in your body, and the texture, the quality of your mind is from a place of kindness and good, then of course you are an inspiration. People around you will sense, they will feel impacted. So to round it all back, you know, my whole thing is Let's just uncover that. And a lot of my students and clients have started calling me their spiritual godmother. So I just decided I'm also a spiritual godmother, you know, helping you uncover your own spiritual godmother and best friend and, and wise teacher within you because we all have that within ourselves as well. Yeah. Mm,
0: I love so much of that. Oh, my gosh. And I love that you said, you know, when you were first starting, you felt very rigid, like, okay, I need to do this and this and this and this. Because for me, someone who's kind of just been on this path for like two and a half years, I think I'm still... Sometimes in that mind frame where I'm like, okay, and now I do the meditation and now I do the breath work and now I do the journaling and now I do the crystals. And now it's just like yeah. finding a way to get out of my head and more into like trusting the gut and letting that guide me is mm-hmm. something that I have really been trying to work on. So I'm glad to hear that you're you're sitting there saying, like, <laughs> yes, it's playful, yes, it can be sticky, yes, just just go with it and it'll and it'll come. Yeah. Yeah. I do
1: think that in the beginning, it's necessary to have like you were saying to have a, a a discipline, of course, you know have a plan rather have an organized like okay, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to do this it's like it's the mental hygiene the same way that you go to the bathroom and you have a bowel movement and you brush your teeth and you shower and you shave and whatever it may be and at the same time uh, in within that structure that we set, there has to be a place for freedom and flexibility to arise, otherwise you're still into what you think things should look like and then there is no space for the true deep healing to take place which is mysterious like even sitting here with you I'm not meditating but I'm speaking from my heart and there's healing happening you know what I mean I'm meditating I'm practicing by being totally present and and breathing and feeling my body and being so aware of my words and that this in itself is a practice as well as The practice that i did in the morning and what i'm going to do tonight so everything becomes our practice when we are truly devoted to this path of of liberation and it's very different some days and very like oh okay so that's what's happening today it's almost like all right we're going up and we don't know what's going to show up but we're going to keep going you know and i i i want people to feel empowered to keep falling and keep getting up, you know what I mean. And keep hitting their faces, and keep seeing parts of themselves that they kind of cringe at first, and be like, "Ooh," but they say, "Okay, I'm going to," because I know this is all part of it. Um, and it's not all rainbows and 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 butterflies and all that glitter. It's just stuff, you know. It's, yeah. I, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I love that you talk so much about you know, embracing all the emotions. I think for me coming into this, um, awakening part, I was very excited about going into some things and not excited about the others, right? So the sticky, the messy, the uncomfortable. Um, and so you talk so much about, you know, embracing and learning from all of your emotions. Why do you think that's so important?
1: Mm, Great question. Well, we are such emotional beings, you know, our emotions are either supporting our healing, and our liberation and our connection or they're keeping us stuck and more separate and more rigid into old ways and conditioned ways of being and our emotions are our information they're their mental states they're you know psychological there's like a complex psychological physiological reaction that happens and that's all there is it's like if we see them as energy passing by and use their power to learn something about us about the situation and uncover more wisdom and more fierce power. and that's all there is but what happens is that we've we've gone through you know hundreds of years let's just say for where we are you no know, our whole life without actually being taught oh this is how you feel this is how you express you can cry you can scream you can jump you can shake you can write but welcome it all instead of i know i was it was never, I didn't have the flexibility to say, oh, I do feel angry a lot of the times." No, you can't feel angry. Oh, no, you can't feel grief because you have a good life. Oh, no, you can't feel mad. So it was just a lot of like, don't feel this, don't feel this, only what's acceptable or what I know how to sort of welcome, which was happy and gratitude and and, and love, which are also just as powerful and Especially for women, there's so much power in really feeling the anger that has been repressed and suppressed for generations. You know what I mean? The conditioning is thick and it's rigid and it's like I feel it in my bones sometimes. And really, the moment that I decided to really say, okay, there is a dragon that lives within me and that has been here, that has a whole lot of anger that needs to be expressed. So, what do we do with it? I just felt so much more empowered. I'm not an angry person. Nobody is an angry person. Part of me feels anger. Mm -hmm. Part of me has very angry tendencies. So, okay, great. So I can welcome that part and then learn from it. And there's so much fire and there's so much wisdom and there's also so much dedication because I get excited rather than paralyzed. Mm -hmm. So, and that goes for every single one of our emotions, but we've just, in this dualistic condition way, we think some are good and some are bad in this constant, like, Everything, it's one or the other. You know, this binary, good or bad, right or wrong, less and more, it's just not, you know? Anger is is just as powerful as joy and excess in excitement, and so is grief. And the more we become available to more parts of us, the more we touch those parts within us, the more we actually touch our human potential. You know, we can actually uncover our human potential by only living out some parts of us. You know, the truth comes when we can sort of you know, reach into all of who we are. It's like you're in this house, but you can't only live in the two front rooms. You gotta go to every corner and see what's there. And then we just feel more connected to others. At the end of the day, that's what we want. We're all longing to feel connected. So if I can go into the depth of my being, I can connect to the depth of your being and then there's more connection between us and everything else. And that's what we're really longing for. So it takes it takes work, of course, right? It takes it takes Patience because it's mysterious and it's like, oh, wow, it's unknown in a sense, right? And we want to know, we want to control. And what I always say to all my clients and students, it's like, it's just a new dance that you're learning. Just stay. And then the steps become more and more familiar with time, but we got to stay. You can't get uncomfortable and pull away. And then you have to start over. It's more about, you know, walking through the sticky. Like one of my teachers says, you've got to get your hands dirty. You have to walk through the shit. And then with time, you transform that into an epic milkshake or a chocolate cake. But so you gotta walk through it. No one can do it for you. You know, as much as we've all tried, no one can do it. What? Well, it's really here for us to do. So, mm. yeah.
0: Wow, <laughs> I have fucking loved all that. So I love that you mentioned towards the beginning of that. You know, about yeah. us not kind of feeling like we can feel the. You know negative emotions when we have a good life. You know, mm. I think with the pandemic a lot of people were experiencing such hardship. We had all of the protests we had after George Floyd's death, and not being someone of color, I felt very much like, okay, I I don't feel like I should even have a bad day because my life is so good and I have come from this place of such privilege. And so to hear you say that yes, you still need to like go into those places and it's okay to go into those places and necessary, um I felt like that's very impactful to know.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that you say that I've been, I've been, you brought this up, and it's very powerful, actually, because we think that it's like, let's say in, of course, we have to recognize that we do have a privilege, we're both white women, fully able in, in America. So yes, there is a privilege that we all have. So recognizing that, and then what do we do with this privilege is a separate story than denying parts of us because someone else, me, is suffering something that we will never experience you know what I mean? That's a very, and it gets, it's very complex. Again, we can't try to look at this from a place of right and wrong, good or bad. Anyways, we're not, we don't need to go into that so much. But what I really wanted to say is that when we experience trauma, or when we experience difficult emotions, let's say it like this, emotions that we are unaware, or we haven't been familiar with, we think, well, someone else out there has it more difficult than me, or I didn't experience such big trauma and, you know, my life is okay. But it's not, this is your sole individual experience. It's what you got to work with. This is the curriculum that you chose, that you were given, whatever, however you want to see it. This is what you're working through in this lifetime. So you're going to deny parts of you because someone else out there is having what you would perceive as a more difficult experience than yours. Mm -hmm. you're actually not helping anyone it's not like trauma it's not like oh big trauma small trauma it's just trauma an experience that happened. that when it happened you didn't have the resources to tend to it to assimilate to integrate and to take care of yourself so it's important for us to recognize that yes i can be having a great day and the majority of me is feeling excited and happy and i can also recognize that a part of me feels anger a part of me feels grief Mm -hmm. and that acceptance that things can be so contradicting is also mm-hmm. a practice because we think, oh, it's just good or it's just bad. And it's not. It, it It's almost like it's too easy like that. And life is not like that. It's like the sky is gray and I really love the sun. So I'm like, oh, I really love the sun. But someone else is like, oh, I love that the sky is gray. It's my favorite day. So nothing is inherently good or bad. No mm-hmm. emotion is inherently good or bad that, just like everything in life. And that's kind of a, it's like it takes time to really stretch our minds to accept that, that, yeah. that, you know, concept, that notion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the practices that you use when you do go through the emotions that feel more sticky? You mentioned mm. sort of, I know you mentioned screaming, um, love a good rage ritual. Uh, yeah. So, what are some of the practices that you have found that have helped you move through those feelings? Yeah, I, I what I what I love to think is like,
1: like I have access to a lot of emotions right now. So like screaming is not so. I don't I don't hold myself back so much, nor crying. But I remember in the beginning of my practice, and I experience this with with clients and students, is like if you notice that there is something that you are unaware of, but there's something a bit off. Just like watch a little movie that you know will just you know trigger some emotions and let yourself go there or listen to those songs that soften you a little bit more. And then you can let yourself cry. And it's like, Oh, let me open that door a little bit because we do need the support. So crying first, first and foremost, is is like stop trying to distract, right. And try to numb other ways and just be like, okay, I feel uncomfortable right now. I don't know what's happening. Part of me feels like this part of me and like really listing the parts of your experience. Number one, maybe you write it down or state yourself and start to see. okay, what else is there? Because it's like, oh, I feel okay. No, actually, what else is there? Oh, I feel uncomfortable. And keep asking, what else is yeah. there? What else is there? And that simple inquiry and embracing of what's there opens up the space. And I would say it's definitely a good cry, like on the regular, you know, if you're feeling sticky and you can't figure it out, go scream into a pillow if you don't have the space around you, you know, go mm-hmm. for a run. Or dance to some music that you haven't in a really long time. Shake your body. You know, when the mind feels like it's taking you to a million different places, come back to your body with your breath and with movement. That always creates a little bit more, like, awareness and space that you got to say, okay, there's something here. Oh, okay, there's more space for you to be the one in the experience rather than, you know, overthinking and trying to overanalyze. That's what we do. We want to analyze the experience and we want to think about it rather than feel what's happening, you know? So dropping the story and feeling what's going on and sitting with the discomfort, obviously not over identifying with that either, knowing that it's temporary, but we have to feel uncomfortable to continue Mm. to heal and move forward.
0: Is that why you think after you have a good cry, you feel better? Like I I remember even as a kid, you know, when you just finally like lost your shit a little bit and needed to just like have a moment. You felt like a whole different, and now I understand it as a different, you know, you've changed your state. Then I just, you know, was a child who didn't have the, the knowledge to call it that, but you know, you know, you just felt better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What I think it's like, there's more of you present, you Mm. know what I mean? There's more of you just like, oh, here. And like, because it actually takes so much more energy to try to analyze and, and like, put ourselves in a different place and overthink something and, and, and re- like reject some parts of us or resist that takes so much more. energy. it can be like, Whoa, this feels uncomfortable. Let me have a cry. Let me scream or let me reach out to that friend or whatever it may be. It's like, we are we are deeply within us, this is how we assimilate. It's like how we digest, same thing, you know, you eat food and you begin digesting, assimilating and mm-hmm. the nutrients go and you have a bowel movement. It's the same thing if we are to just feel what needs to be felt and use your tools of, of expression.
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I know exactly what you're saying. I can feel it in my Mm -hmm. body too. Like when I have to cry sometimes and I don't, and I swallow it down, it's literally Ah. just like, it feels like it's just compacting upon compacting. And oftentimes, you know, I might not be in a space, maybe I'm at work or somewhere where I can't just like go and do those things. But yeah, the more energy is taken by not doing the thing than by doing the thing. Oh, Yeah, Okay. exactly. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about upcycling our past. Um, Everybody's Mm. got a past. Some people, like you mentioned, have had a more um, difficult past or, you know, have had things in their past that are just like, I don't want to go back into that. Like my divorce for one thing, like it has just been a, you know, something I have skated Mm. around. Let's say that. Mm. So what do you mean when you say we should upcycle our past? Yeah, great.
1: You know, I... I it's an interesting thing to think like when you recycle is that you transform something into something else right let's say you're recycling bottles and then the bars are going to turn into something else I mean I don't know the recycling system but when I was thinking about this way of describing it's like yes we are using what's here already because it has to be used and we are transforming into something that is towards growth and healing so upcycling transforming into something beneficial mm-hmm. yes because our store is shape us. They don't define us. Our traumas shape us, but they don't define us. They do define us if we keep, keep them sort of locked in that little cabinet or in the basement. And we're like, oh, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to talk about it. But it's still taking up space in our hearts, in our minds, and in our process of evolution. So until we can actually show up to all of us and you know meet that part of us and experience acknowledgement, oh, I experienced that. Feel what needs to be felt. There's rage, there's sadness, there's grief. Oh, there's forgiveness. Oh, Mm -hmm. then there's space for what did I learn from this experience? How can I do better next time? How can I experience remorse and regret for the time that I unintentionally hurt someone else? Okay, I will not do that again. And then there's a sense of like recommitting to yourself to what it is that you want or someone hurt you. You accept that hurt people hurt people. And forgiving them is beneficial to you because you want to keep going. So you do your best You actively forgive. And then you say, oh, how did I? Every time we engage in a forgiveness, acceptance, acknowledgement, practice, there will be something that unlocks within us that helps us recognize what was learned from that situation. Because we always learn. We're always growing from everything that's happening. But we keep ourselves from recognizing that because we, we spend so much time wanting the past to be different. Wanting mm-hmm. it to be different or wanting it to not have been there, which is impossible. We also can't change. You can't rewind the tape and say, oh, well, you know, that experience, I don't want it anymore, so I'm going to throw it out. Impossible. Instead, of instead, what we can do is say, okay, that experience had to happen for me to be who I am today. I'm still here, so potential is still here. So I want to keep going because I recognize I have this potential and this power, so I want to uncover it and I, I actually just recorded a video about this yesterday, that it's like, imagine that we're making this cake and the cake is you living out your fullest potential, being liberated, creating this incredible life that is innately that you are innately worthy of. And the ingredients to the cake are all, all of your past experiences, your traumas, your challenges, your breakthroughs. And every ingredient is absolutely necessary. You can't make a cake without flour and you can't make a cake without eggs or whatever kind of mm-hmm. cake we're trying to make. Every ingredient is asked absolutely necessary and it is the same with us i'm not saying that you're going to sit for like two weeks and just go down memory lane to just get clear and like let's see what happens let's upcycle it's more about having the commitment to when things arise, right, you're ready and willing to do the practice with it mm-hmm. and then i mean by no means am i telling you less that's like oh piece of cake no problem so easy not at all i've also you know have been you know, working and practicing and healing around this uh, a very long term relationship that I had. And I'm like, Oh, is it over yet? And then some days he visits me and then there's yet another layer, there's yet another refinement that I can experience that I can offer myself and that person. And because I'm committed to this practice, then I say, Okay, this is my practice. So thank you. Like every interaction in your day to day life, if you're committed to your practice, you say, Okay, I'm either offering a blessing, or this is a lesson and a blessing for me. Um, and it's pretty radical, you know, it's a radical yeah. act to want to live out this fully expressed life. Like you and I are committed to, but it's also, once you start, it's kind of hard to go back, you know, yeah. when it's like, Oh, we've already seen so much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can't imagine going back. I love that analogy of the upcycling your past. Seriously. That is such a, like genius way to look at it. Um, and you mentioned you. in there about the reconciliation and the forgiveness and the acceptance. So, I mean, in my head, you know, yeah, I get it. Like you should definitely forgive people because you're only, you know, living in that nasty place yourself if you don't. But I think saying it and doing it and really practicing it is kind of like you mentioned way tougher than maybe we even imagined. So Why do you feel like it is important to reconcile with people in your past? And, and I had a question about this too. When you do that, do you, I'll say it like this. I had a therapist once who was like, write the letter to that person who hurt you and then do nothing with the letter, like burn Mm -hmm. the letter or get rid of the letter, you don't go back into your life into that like phone book and like let that person know, "Hey, I know you really fucked with me, but like I forgive you now." Like you don't go back to let them know, right?
1: It's, it's, uh, it's, I, I love that you brought this up. <laughs> I love, I love that you brought this up because that's, that's where the, that's what, where we are so creative as humans. And I say this with the most tender heart because I've also experienced that we think we need the resolution with mm-hmm. the person. We think, yes. well, if I, ha- if I talk to them, then I'm going to get it. But it's really just about us. Yes, we're so interconnected and totally interdependent. So there's a part of us that thinks, oh, I need to talk to them or I need to tell them. Mm -hmm. But it's really all you need is to show up more fully for yourself. So I also offer the same practice to a lot of my my clients and and students. Write the letters. Never send it. You know, (laughs) I've I've sent one letter. I've sent one letter in the very beginning of this specific, you know, healing process that I was just telling you. But I also sent it knowing that I was expecting nothing back. It wasn't like, oh, I want a letter back. I want them to say thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. No. It's not about the people. It's more about us because we we are the ones that get to learn how we want to continue to show up for the next opportunity, for the next experience, and you know this may be far out, but from from a Buddhist perspective, it's also it's they're all projections of parts of us. You know what I mean? They're all like playing a role in the movie that is yours. So they're they are part of helping you to get to know you a little more, so that you can tend to yourself, and then show up again. So it's not, it's really not about them. It's like, you can have an argument with mom, dad, brother, partner, this, that, but it's the thread is the same. And the common denominator is you. So let's come back and look at us. And when, when you, when I talk about reconciliation, it's, it's more about you reconciling with the part of us, of you, you know what I mean? You tending to the part of you. It's not so much like, oh, let me talk to you. It's more about, there's something within me that led me to that behavior. There's something within me that needed my attention. So I reacted in that way. So how can I sense that part of me so that I'm no longer reacting from those old limiting beliefs and, and being so triggered or reactive rather? Can I embrace that part of me and say, okay, what is it that you need? Truly. And, and it is, it's like, oh, what do you mean? You're going to talk to yourself like that? Absolutely. Most important thing, be part of the internal dialogue. Because if you are seeking something outside of us, it's because there's something within us that's really that we truly need. And and again, there's no point on blaming and shaming, right? Because we are the ones responsible for what we are creating and what we're living. Again, this is a far out concept. It's a far out belief that sometimes when people are starting to study with me, they're like, What do you mean? But they did it, you know, but it's their fault. I'm like, if you want to continue to believe that. That's where you're going to stay. And that's okay, But be, because again, we've been taught it's like blame and shame and like perpetrator and like, you know, you did something so it's your fault or you hurt someone so you're a bad person. It's not, it's a behavior. And when we take on this, this vow to say, I want to reconcile with all parts of me and I want to forgive, it because you recognize that everyone is innately good, truly. At our core, we are good, kind, loving people. Now, the actions that we do, the behaviors that we do may be unskillful, unkind, hurtful. Yes, because they're hurting, because we're hurting. So if you can separate the person from the action, you're giving them a chance. And most of all, you're giving you a chance. So you forgive because you want to be free. And and then the next step to this to this reconciliation is, is really just making a vow that you are going to be more aware and and clear with your speech, with your actions, with your thoughts, so that you don't create those kinds of experiences for yourself in the future. You know, nothing just happens. They're all based on past actions. Everything we've done in the past, we've said in the past, and what we've thought about in the past are the seeds that now we are living out. It's not like rocket science. It's like, it's all you. So like my teacher says, it is not the dandy work of mommy and daddy, it's all we and like okay we can take this even further it's like yes past lives, of course and you know i'm a buddhist this is this is a belief that i have recognized that it's i believe it to be true i'm not saying everyone has to but you can just accept that okay you take responsibility and what does that do it gives you more power to how you want to show up from this moment forward that's it you know you don't even have to think so much about the past it's more about what do you want to create from this moment forward Mm.
0: (laughs) My mind is blown right now. I'm just thinking back like, (laughs) holy shit. There was this guy I dated right after I got divorced and he was just kind of worse than my ex-husband. And now I'm like, I was in the worst place I ever could have been. I brought that in. That was also me. I forgive myself. Oh my God. All right. That's powerful ass shit right there. So one of your big teachings right now, one of your big offerings is something called the modern Dakini. What the hell is that about? It looks very cool, but I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what that word even means. So please just give us uh, the uh, the spiel on that.
1: Yes. Uh, the kini from Tibetan Buddhism, the actual meaning of the word is an outstanding female practitioner. It's a meditational deity. It is a female devoted to being an inspiration and to being a force of wisdom and, and goodness. And as even though it is referred to as a she is a female, the deities and back where when the the literature was written and when the words were, you know, discovered, it does defy gender. But for mm-hmm. the purposes of where I'm teaching right now, I am focusing the teachings for female identified. It's almost what I'm what I keep reminding myself, and I was speaking to my mentor, I mean to my peer the other day, is that I want to be part of this movement where the women feel more empowered to be around other women and to be more vulnerable and more relaxed and more comfortable. And then we can start to open up a little more to, okay, let's everyone get to that place together. But for us to get into this beautiful, powerful smoothie, all is one, we have to recognize who we are and what's our power. So back to the teachings. So I've been, I've been focusing on on these teachings of, of a Dakini, of like truly being a female devoted practitioner for a very long time. And what I have done now is that I've created this curriculum called the Modern Dakini that are these teachings for the modern women, for the modern female identified, for those that are devoted to purifying their mind, to uncovering the wisdom of their heart, to uncovering the secret that is to choose this female identified life. There's so much power in in saying, I'm a woman, I am a female. I am showing up in the world with this body or with the choice to show up as a female because there's such wisdom and force that is unseen that we don't even know by simply making this choice to show up and recognize that there is, like I said in the very beginning, this inner artist that lives within us. Well, Dakini is someone that is devoted to making art out of everything. Like everything that happens is an opportunity to create art every challenge, every breakdown, every breakthrough, everything. It's like, okay, how can I romanticize all aspects of me and life? How can I make love and centralize all aspects of myself? Because I know everything is part of this beautiful, incredible play and, and painting that I'm creating that is my life. And all of that rooted in the intention to be altruistic, to be a force of good and to be of service to the world in a way that only makes sense to you. But you know, because you are leading from your heart. So you are guided. You're not trying to do what other people are doing. So it's very liberating and, and empowering because you take the space that is here for you. You know, I believe that every single one of us has a specific place that it's here for you. It's like you carve this little space, not little, but this space that is Leslie. How you show up, what you do, your story, your specific curriculum its yours. Of course, there's many similarities with me. I'm sure in every other person on earth right now, but who you are and what you're here to create is just yours. Hmm. So it's exciting, but it's also challenging because we're so scared of living out this full incredible potential. But then when we remember that it's our responsibility to be that inspiration and to live out that potential, to help the ones that are still kind of like getting themselves up, there's more parts of us willing to do that because we we are deeply altruistic beings. We always want to serve and help others. Um, unless we are so, you know, taken by the impurities of the mind, but at the depth of our being, and I love seeing that how we just uncover more and more of the good, kind heart. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) And so with your program, Modern Dakini, you're actually helping women, you know, whatever their path, um, kind of find their best self and move into that. Yes. Again, the, uh,
1: the aspect of, upcycling your past is in every one of my teachings because you recognize more of your power by integrating and embracing more of who you are more of what brought you here you know instead of the the nine parts of you so there's a level of like okay here's the potential we see the big incredible picture so what do we need to live out this great potential purification forgiveness integration and then how does that show up specifically for you you know what are the tendencies and what are the new practices and how do you embody this potential that is already within you. So it's not like we're not so much looking out. Instead, we're truly just looking in and finding the empowerment deep within ourselves.
0: Yes. Mm, I love that. How can people work with you or learn from you? What are your current offerings and teachings?
1: The Modern dakini there is, um, actually, I think there's two spots open right now for the next advanced group mentorship program. That is a deep dive 10-week program so there is a little bit of an application process just because I want to make sure that it's a more intimate group where we go super deep into the speeches and there's a lot of like one-on-one mentorship and there is a space for you to be surrounded by, let's say there's a, there will likely be eight women in, in, in each group. So you really feel the support seen, celebrated and held by other women with the same devotion and the same dedication to the practice as you do. Um, and this is a 10 week where I've broken the curriculum down into five pillars. So we study, and then the following week, we practice, we process, we mm-hmm. share, and um, everyone receives home practices. You have access to the recordings if you can't make it live. And it's very, like... Immersive, I think that's really the way Mm -hmm. the word in every practice, every group that I have, they're always in a WhatsApp group and they're sending messages and checking in with one another and sharing what's working and what's not. Because it's one thing you meet once a week and you feel excited, and then oh, the rest of the week you kind of Mm -hmm. go back to your life. But you have to show up and and take care of that garden every single day. Mm -hmm. So that's the main, my main offering right now. And in July, um, starting mid July, there will be the intro to the Modern Akini course, which is a five-week course. It's more introductory. Um, the cohort is larger. And if you're curious or you're not sure, this will likely be the program for you because you will be exposed to the teachings, not as in that, but of course, you still feel the, the power of, of
0: you and these practices. Mm. And mm-hmm. then, of course, where can folks find you online?
1: On Instagram, I would say it's definitely the, the number one. I def- I'm always sharing stories and practices. Uh, Moon, De Simone, M O U N D S I M O N E, and yeah, Instagram is definitely the number one right
0: now. Anything else that you feel called to share that I didn't ask you about?
1: Hmm. Oh, you asked really great questions. <laughs> I think that. I, <laughs> thank you. I think I always, I, I always like to remind people that that if you're if you're listening to this and you're feeling a little tingling or a little like ah tickle in your belly or in your heart it's because there's already parts of you excited and, and like willing to show up and do this work and take up space in this way. You know, if these teachings are landing, if this talk is landing in any way, shape or form within you, it's because there's already parts of you, ready. So I would say just listen to that, you know, and like follow that, follow that sign or follow that that thread and, and know that there's people here, you know, needing you just as you are as well.
0: Yeah. Mm. I love that Moon. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Leslie, and yeah, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Wow. That conversation lit me the fuck up, seriously. I loved how Moon was talking about upcycling your past while she was speaking, I just kept thinking about the things that have happened in my past that I have tried to just not think about, the people in my past that I have tried to forget versus forgive. Oh, and I love how she mentioned at the end that if this at all resonates with you, then that's probably the sign that you're ready to do some of this work. So I am so appreciative to Moon for speaking with me today on all of that. I feel like it is something that we all needed to hear. I'll put all of the links to her website and her Instagram in the show notes below. You can connect with me on Instagram as well, at Leslie Draffen or at the Light Within podcast. If there's someone you'd like to hear on the show, or if you have a question, please send me an email at thelightwithinpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And the best way for you to support this podcast is by downloading each episode, sharing them with people that you love, leave a rating, leave a review. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. And remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.